Hello, and welcome to the Heaven Bound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life the way it was meant to be and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us on the journey today. Well, we welcome all of our listeners. Glad you could join with us today. On our Friday podcast, we like to theme it, and we're looking at the theme this month of slow down, you move too fast. And the idea that this came about from just the month of May. Here in the Louisville area, the month of May begins with a horse race, the Kentucky Derby. And then the month ends up in Indianapolis with a big car race, the Indy 500. And both of those are about speed, fastest horse, the fastest car. And that's our lifestyle sometimes. It's just very fast-paced, always in a hurry, very booked. And there is a need to learn to slow down and to look at things. And so this month, we're talking about the subject of patience. In our very first lesson, we talk about waiting on God. And today, we're going to flip the page and talk about patience with one another, the idea of having that patience. As the Apostle Paul said in the book of 1 Corinthians 13, as he described biblical love, his very first characteristic is love is patient. And that's something, again, that we see is missing today. Uh, When we think about patience, it's much, much more than just waiting. Uh, You go to the doctor, and the first room you enter is called the waiting room. But a lot of people don't wait very well in that room. And so the idea of patience is more than just waiting. It's the idea of not becoming unhinged. It's not being upset. It's my insides are not being bothered because of the outsides. And that's, that's kind of the idea we're looking at here. And so now as we talk about relationships with other people, learning to be patient with other people. Yeah, that First Corinthians 13 passage, love is patient. And the very next thing that he adds it is kind, right? And those two things, I think, very naturally flow together. It is awfully hard to be kind to to someone when I am not being patient with them. And we know that disciples of Jesus are called to be this, to do this, in a variety of ways. Uh, a page or two before what we have in our Bibles as 1 Corinthians 13, when uh, Paul says love is patient and kind, uh, we've got that classic instruction about the observance of the Lord's Supper, right? And at the end of that instruction from the apostle, he says in 1 Corinthians eleven thirty three, so then, my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Now, obviously, that had a very specific context. Even today, we understand the importance of honoring the Lord in the way that he has told us in our observance of the Lord's Supper. But here were people who just weren't being kind to brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And one of the ways it manifested itself was by not waiting for one another. And so, Roger, when it comes to Last Friday, waiting on the Lord. Today, waiting on others. What do we as disciples of Jesus do you think need to understand and and remember? Well, you know, from what you said, the idea of kindness following with that, 
Uh, most of us understand, most of us have been there when we think about someone who lacks patience, they're impatient. Uh, you get kind of testy, you get angry, you get demanding, and, and, and you, see that, you see that in the community. You see that in restaurants when somebody thinks the food hasn't come at the time it should come. They get kind of testy with somebody. And you see that in traffic. People start blowing their horns and such. And so, so that, you know, it leads to an angry heart, an angry society. And that's not the spirit that Jesus wants us to have. And so when we start looking at layers of how to be patient with one another, I think one of the first places we need to begin with is just in the area of our our fellowship or our relationship with the church. Uh, it's easy for us to assume that everybody is at the same place, but we're not. Uh, I, I think the analogy of driving down the highway is a good illustration. There's always somebody ahead of you. Oftentimes there's someone beside you, and a lot of times there's somebody behind you. And we can just assume that everybody knows what I know. Everybody feels the way I feel, and that's not the case. And so we're, we're studying the Bible, and I've read this passage a hundred times. I've heard a lot of sermons on this verse. I've been uh, doing some private studies on this verse, and I share it with someone else, and they just don't see it. And I can become impatient. Why don't you see it? It's just there in your Bible. It's black and white. Well, that's where patience comes in because they may not have the history or the time that I have into this passage. And so time for growth, time for maturity, those are several of the things I think will come out of this as we express these things. Yeah, it sounds a lot like Romans 15, verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. That's what those people in Corinth were doing that Paul rebukes in 1 Corinthians 11. They were simply looking to please themselves, not thinking about brothers and sisters in Christ around them. But I like how we've highlighted, okay, uh, some are not as mature in their thinking, not as developed in their knowledge. Maybe that results in some of those manifestations that Paul describes in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 14. Some are idle or unruly. Some are faint-hearted. Some are weak. And he attaches very specific verbs to what we as apostles of or disciples of Jesus Christ should do with those people, right? People who are idle need to be admonished. People who are faint-hearted need to be encouraged. People who are weak need to be helped. But what does he say there at the very end? With all of them, be patient. Right, because we're all on this journey, and that's and that's the very idea. Uh, just going up and telling somebody something, just sharing a verse, isn't magically going to make them change just like that. Uh, they have to process it. They have to look and do the inventory in their hearts. And that change is a process. It's, it's kind of like uh, a big ship turning. It takes a little bit for that ship to turn. And we have to be patient with those things. And so when we think about the area of growth, the area of maturity, 
we need to have some patience with one another. See that they're, they are progressing, but they may not be progressing as fast as I think they should or as fast as I want them to. We just have to help them and have that spirit about us. All right. So what about someone who uh, they've been admonished, uh, they've, uh, they've had people who have tried to help them along the way? Let, let's say that there is a hardness of heart or a, a rebellion of spirit that is developing and repentance we know is the prescription but i can't repent for them you can't repent for me that has to be a personal decision is there any sort of patience that my brothers and sisters in christ need to have with me when it's time for me to repent absolutely you know there's a great example in revelation chapter 2 when is referring to Jezebel. Now, the, the, the real Jezebel comes from the Old Testament. This is just a symbol of Jezebel. But it says in verse 21 of Revelation 2, I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to repent of her immorality. Uh, when it comes to this subject here, we need to understand some people may not know what they're doing is wrong. And they may think they're okay. So there's an awareness that they have to be told. They have to be shown these things. And then there's that patience or that time for them to process that and to give them time to repent. That's exactly what this verse says. I gave her time to repent. Now, how long that is, is a judgment call. But there came a time when the Revelation writer says she does not want to repent, and therefore other actions would take place. But that is involved with somebody realizing that maybe I've done something wrong, and I now need to ask God for forgiveness. I need to go to somebody and apologize to this person because maybe I spoke out of turn or said something that was hurtful to them. And, you know, again, it takes a little bit of time for a person to get all that. And when a person is impatient with that person, they expect action right now. And oftentimes, that's not the right process we need to see. Yeah, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 speaks to those who are spiritual. And I would uh, rephrase that based on what you were just talking about. Those who have their their spiritual heads on straight, right? They're, they're, they have mindset on things above. They want what is best for the person who needs to repent. Uh, Paul says in verse one, brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, wait, or the word patient isn't used in those two verses, but I think it's all over the the context, right? Uh, Having a spirit of gentleness. Roger, what do you think that has to do with patience? Well, that's going to that's going to flavor the tone of your voice. Uh, that's going to help you choose what words you're going to use. I mean, you you can say, well, I told this person, but in the process, you crushed him. And instead of restoring, you destroyed him. So the idea of gentleness and kindness, that's going to help you pick out what words. And then it's going to filter, how am I going to use those words? And, and through all of that, you're looking through the idea, I want to help this person. Yeah. It's not a matter of, I, I, you know, I'm right and I told him he's wrong. 
That's not the issue. The issue is I want this person to be better. I want to help him. The goal is restoration. Absolutely. And so and so you'll be patient with that. I, I think of the illustration of maybe a parent trying to teach a child how to ride a bicycle. You've taken off those training wheels, and, and you're kind of running beside that bicycle, and they're pedaling kind of wobbly and shaking all over the place. But you're patient with them, and they may crash three or four times, but finally they get it. And that's what we have to do with other people and to have that spirit about us. Yeah. Verse two says, bear one another's burdens. And so if I keep in mind, the goal is restoration. If I keep in mind, my attitude matters, but then perhaps there is some way that I can help them bear this burden by being patient with them. You know, when I think of bearing someone's burdens, I think of maybe someone who moved in last year to a third story apartment and they're getting a house of their own. It's moving day, first thing Saturday morning. And all right, there's a big old couch that has to be carried down from the the third story down to that big old U-Haul. Well, if we don't wait for one another, if we're not patient with one another, if we don't try to work together, either something or someone is going to get broken, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so we need to be patient with one another in the area of growth and maturity. We need to be patient with one another in the area of restoration Here's another idea Jason want to put out to you. How about with a young disciple, a, a young Christian man, maybe he's doing something publicly for first or second time. Where's patience coming in there? Yeah, well, it very well may be, I mean, based on my track record, I'm guessing your track record, just about every human being's track record, there are going to be times that we are not as smooth in our speech as we wish we would be. Maybe we rehearsed in front of a mirror three dozen times, but when we get up there under some bright lights in front of a whole lot of friendly but maybe intimidating faces, uh, that smoothness that we were able to speak with in front of the mirror, we just stammer along the way. Or, uh, you know, maybe we're supposed to be reading in Galatians chapter 3 and our Bibles accidentally open to Ephesians chapter 3. Or we blow a pitch pipe and we're supposed to go up a few steps and we accidentally go down a few steps and suddenly a whole lot of bass singers in the audience can't sing along with us. In that moment, those of us who are mature, if I could reach back to what we read there from Romans chapter 15, need to bear with the failings of the weak. I'm here to tell you, if an experienced song leader or a grouchy older brother in Christ goes and just belittles that young song leader, it is not going to take a whole lot for that song leader to say, you know what? I'm never going to try that again. It does. And sometimes it's a young man given a Wednesday night invitation or a young man given his very first sermon. And usually it's kind of, it's not smooth. Oftentimes it's scattered here and there and lacking patience 
can make all the difference whether that young man will stay with it and get his skills better or whether he'll just close the book and quit altogether. And so that's where patience comes in. Yeah. And that's that's our relationship with one another. And so not everyone is going to be skilled. Not everyone has got 20 or 30 or 40 years of experience behind them doing those things. And so we need to appreciate that. Uh, you know, I often uh, will tease with some of the men in the congregation when we're thinking about doing our podcast. Hey, come sit down here and do the podcast with <laughs> <laughs> and and the idea of speaking into this microphone, you know, like no, I'll never do that. You know, it's, it's scary to them. Um, but but that's where patience comes in, and that's yeah. where we need to be helpful for one another. Realizing, first of all, we've all been there, and we need to realize that God has been patient with us as well. And so that's how we extend it to other people. Yeah, if I could just add one more wrinkle to that, maybe. I, I would be tempted to say, well, I wouldn't, even if I just think that was a, a, a sad failure all around, I would never go up and say that to that person. But maybe one of the indirect ways that I could show patience is just going up and telling them, I really appreciate you getting up and sticking your neck out, stepping out by faith and doing your best to encourage us. Uh, you know, uh, come Wednesday night, maybe it's been a long day. You've been at work. You didn't get a chance to eat supper and uh, you made it in time for Bible class. We all came together in the auditorium and somebody gives their very first invitation and you are hungry. You are ready to take your shoes off for the first time since six o'clock uh, Wednesday morning, you're, you just want to go unwind. But one practical way of waiting on others is making sure that you go out of your way to cross paths with that young man who just gave his first invitation, being an encouragement to them before you hit the drive through on the way home. Absolutely. Sometimes it's the rolling of the eyes. It's the size and you know we 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 just express this you know utter frustration and that's all it takes you may not even have to say it but just your body language just shows that you are being impatient and that's not the way you want to know that God wants us to have and and again to to be a help rather than a hurt is is what we're trying to see through all these things here and again these things will remind us our relationships with one another are so valuable and we need each other so much And when we don't have the patience with these things, it will be strained and often not the way God wants it to be. Yeah, we need to remember, of course, the call, Ephesians 4.15, speak the truth in love. Waiting for others does not mean that we compromise the truth, right? Doesn't mean that as long as we're speaking the truth, it doesn't matter how we're saying it. Remember, the goal is restoration. The goal is encouragement. The goal is words seasoned with salt that are going to build people up. But maybe the best way, Roger, I know to summarize everything we've talked about, it's the golden rule. Matthew chapter 7, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. And what we often practice is not that. We just practice the way you treat me is the way I'm going to treat you. And and that becomes reactionary. And so you have the first step, and based on that first step is how I'm going to determine my steps. And so if you smile, 
I'll smile. If you don't smile, I'm not smiling. If you extend a hand as a handshake, I'll extend mine and handshake you. If you are kind, I'll be kind. But if you just walk away and just kind of ignore me, I'm going to do the same. That's not what that passage teaches. It's not reactionary. It's treating others the way you wish that they treat you, even if they don't treat you that way. You're going to go out of your way and do those things. And that, that just makes a world of difference when we put in love and fellowship and encouragement and patience. It sure makes a better place in society today. Yeah, if I could just point our listeners back a couple of days, right exactly along the lines of what you were just describing. This past Wednesday, you had a conversation we recorded with Ralph Walker. Ralph is uh, was a, a special guest speaker for us in an excellent sermon series revolving around the meaning of fellowship. It's available in the Charlestown Road Church of Christ sermons podcast feed. If you search for that in whatever uh, podcast catcher you have, they are available as audio and video at charlestownroad.org. But you all spent a little bit of time through the lens of fellowship, just talking about the challenges in an impatient, highly technological, not very personal age, the difference, the profound impact that face-to-face encouragement, flesh and blood bearing with one another can have. We I love how Ralph wrapped everything up on Wednesday night, that we live in many ways an age of outrage, an age of uh, personal opinions exalted above everything and everyone else. And if anyone ought to stand out in the way we wait for one another, it ought to be disciples of Jesus. And and your patient spirit can just... just change the atmosphere around you. You know, you, you're standing in a long line, maybe at the grocery store and, you know, something about four or five people in front of you got messed up somehow. Somebody has coupons and they can't find them at the bottom of their purse <laughs> and they're digging and they're digging or, or all of a sudden the scanner's not, you know, something's not right. And you start hearing, you know, people start turning around and rolling their eyes and sighing and talking under their lips. Your spirit can change everyone else. Yeah. And when and when you get up to that cashier and you know maybe she's she's been chewed out three or four times in a row now, you go up there and what you say to her can always make her day because you are being different. You're being that patient person. Yeah. Waiting on the Lord, waiting on others. Those are skills that I need to think about. I, I'm guessing I'm not the only ones. Roger, I appreciate you joining me today. We appreciate all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound podcast. We hope that it's helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. If you missed that conversation that Roger had with Ralph, just look to the previous episode. It aired this past Wednesday. The episode title is simply The Meaning of fellowship. If you found this particular episode or this little series helpful, we would love it if you would take the time to share with others. In the meantime, always remember when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound and the best is yet to come.